Okay, welcome back to an episode of a podcast about names and other stuff. Um, and this is definitely an other stuff episode. Um, what I mean by that is that in this particular episode, I, I'm sitting down. I'm actually in a in a public forum. I'm actually at a local brewery to, uh, in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Um, and I'm sitting down. I'm speaking with some sisters. They're, they're known as the Nance Sisters. Um, and they are sharing with the community, actually talking about their experience of integrating the school systems back when they were younger. Um, and so these Nance sisters, um, each of the three of them have a different perspective, a different experience because of how old they were. Um, but they are able to, to talk to their experience and, and what it was like for them um, going through the process of school integration. Now, just so you're aware, th this conversation actually um, was not an extension of this podcast, actually. It's not an extension of a podcast about names and other stuff. It's actually um, a continuation of almost an, an ending, an epilogue, if you will, to a previous podcast project I had been on. Um, that podcast was called uh, Been Pastoring Through Some Hard Times, and you can feel free to go check it out. I'll try and include a, a link to that podcast in the, in the comments or the liner notes, whatever, on this episode. Uh, but in that podcast, I sat down with two of my friends who were also pastors in the local community, and we worked through this book called Been Coming Through Some Hard Times. Um, and this book was just a look at the actual history of, of, of ethnic conflict and interaction and, and community and culture here in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, going back from before the Civil War all the way up until uh, the early 2000s. Uh, it was something, it was a project that was done by a, by a social anthropologist by the name of Jack Glazier. Um, and it was a great project we did, uh, but in our closing episode of that project, uh, we sat down, did a, a public forum Q&A, and that's when I first encountered the Nance sisters. They were involved with working with, with Dr. Glazier as he worked on his book, uh, Been Coming Through Some Hard Times. Um, but in that particular scene, they shared part of their story and just this idea was rattling around like it'd be great to hear more of their story to give them a chance for the community to hear more of their story um, of, of what they what they went through and, and what they experienced um, and so this episode today of, of a podcast about names and other stuff is actually a, a crossover with another podcast that's called you know been passing through some hard times as we sit and listen and learn from the experience of the Nance sisters of what it was like to be involved in the integration of the public school system in Kentucky um, I, I do have a little bit of a warning. There are some times when there are some racial slurs that are used in the midst of this podcast. Um, they are used completely in context um, as she is sharing her experience of being called these things. Um, she is sharing what it felt like to be called this as a little girl. And so if that's something that you want to shield your children from or don't want to, to hear, I'm just giving you that caution right now. Um, but I will say that, that the words are being used um, not as a slur against somebody so much as uh, a recounting of the history of them being used against the individual who's saying them now. Um, all right, so that's enough of me talking. Um, now here you here we we're going to learn about and hear about the the Nance sisters in this episode of a podcast about names and other stuff. We uh, are very very excited tonight to have with us um, the Nance sisters and Kamar Roche. Um, this discussion. Oh, I'll be honest, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know if y'all know where it's going to go, and that is my favorite kind of discussion. Um, this is growing out of a couple of things. Initially, out of the work done by Jack Glazier um, in a book that he wrote called Been Coming Through Some Hard Times, published in 2012, and um, looked at, took an extensive 
deep um, sociological look at race and race relations in Western Kentucky, the big focus on Hopkinsville and Christian County. Um, uh, what, this summer, over the past year or so, a group of ministers in town read the book and discussed it and recorded a podcast. And um, as part of that podcast, wanted to continue the conversation, and that's what we're here for tonight. So, so glad y'all are here with us, and um, excited to see where, where this leads us. Here you go. I'm going to get all this stuff set up here, kind of. Um, so, yeah, so like Alyssa said, it was, I'm really thankful that you're letting us do this with you, because at the end of that podcast with a couple of my friends that were recorded, the question kept coming up, what are we going to do to keep the conversation going? Um, and the answer was, I have no idea. <laughs> but we do need to keep it going. And so with time, it was like, okay, we gotta do something, we gotta do something. Well, what if we got together and started having something quarterly? So four times a year, we just got together and said, let's have people share parts of their stories of their experience here in Hopkinsville, culturally. Um, what if we just did that quarterly? I reached out to the brewery here because this is a wonderful location just to get together. If you haven't been here before, they are very loving and inviting and welcoming for anybody can come and just gather. And I said, hey, these are the dates I can gather. And they said, well, Alyssa's already set to do History on Tap that one day. And I'm like, hey, Alyssa, what are, what are you doing that week? And she was willing to shift things around for us. And so the hope, the desire is that once a quarter, We'll be doing something like this. This time we are talking about, yes, the African-American experience here in Hopkinsville, but over the next quarter we can reach out. There are other ethnic groups that exist here in Hopkinsville. Maybe we can get Native Americans to come and speak about their experience here. We can get the Hispanic community to come and speak about their experience here. We have so many different groups of individuals who call Hopkinsville home. And if we get together just quarterly and say, let's talk about the history of us in this place and have it be a conversation, um, it's my belief that things could go a lot better in our community. Um, a lot of the things that we're having, that we're dealing with, is just we're not talking with each other. Um, and so one of the things that I had in mind when we first started doing this, this one here was that you, Ms. Paulette, she was talking in our last episode that we did of the podcast. And she shared a little bit about her experience um, going through the process of desegregation here in Hopkinsville. And we said, it'd be wonderful if you could come in and share more about that experience. What was it like for you? And she said, well, I can do it, but my sister yes. knows more. <laughs> and so <laughs> we have them both here with us. And the idea is that we're going to listen to them, but also talk with them. Um, the desire is not for it to be just them talking to us or just me talking with them. But if you have a question or you want to say, you know what, I was there too, and that's not how I remember it. Okay, fine. You want to be courteous, you want to be respectful. But we also want to be a community who's talking together about this. That's the whole idea is for us to be a community and actually talking about it. We might leave here disagreeing just as much as when we started. But if we leave here understanding each other better, then that's beautiful. That's wonderful. All right. And so my first question really is for the both of you could just tell us your names, um, where you're from. I, I know, yes, Christian County, but you know, like more specifically where you're from here in Christian County and, and a little bit about yourselves. Which one, which one wants to go first? I'll go. I'll go. I'm Paula Nance. Robinson. I grew up in Newstead, Kentucky. Raise your hand if you know where that is. Okay. I grew up around Julian, Kentucky. You know where that is. Raise your hand up. And I also grew up around, I was born in off of Princeton Road. Them, is I right? Yeah, uh, on whose farm? On, on my grandpa's My grandfather had a farm on Princeton Road. He owned 75 acres of land. And I was born somewhere down there in that area. So that's where McCarroll Hill Baptist Church is. That's where our church is. So that's where I was born. And I'm Paulette Nance. 
I'm one of 10 children, two sets of twins. Now, uh, my sister is back there. Stand up, Thelma. Thelma is the oldest of our family. She's the oldest twin. She has a twin brother. His name is Delma. Then, will be 78 Saturday. They'll be 78 on Saturday. And then two years later, my mother had another set of twins, and that's Linda and Lindo. And they one died at 16 with leukemia, and my brother Lindo Cookie died at 21 uh, in a car accident. So that's me, and, and my mother and father is Charles Nance. Uh, my mother was Sarah Wilson. She was a Bingham from then out of Katie's. You know, how many people know where Katie's is? <laughs> All right. So that's where my mother, uh, my, my, uh, my mother's mother is from Wallonia, down down by Katie's. My, my dad is from Newstead, over the Lindsay McGaffey farm. All through there is where my daddy and his people were born. Okay. Okay. All right. And then. I imagine some of that's going to be the same. It's the same, some of it is. My name is Shirley Nance Shelton. Uh, I'm number seven out of the 10 children. I'm a mother of five, grandmother of 23, great-grandmother of 14. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so not the baby of the bunch. And my birthday is December the 8th, I'll be 67. So birthday's coming, and like this, like she said, we came from. I was born in, I think they call it part of Cerulean, but it's still Christian County. It's still Christian County, but on birth certificate says Cerulean. So I was born <laughs> off the Sinking Fork Road. I think was it on a Brewer farm? Whose farm was that? That's what I thought. Uh huh. Right around the. Okay, the Cornelius farm. Okay, because I was able to go in the house before it was totally demolished, uh, you know, from rotting away. I was able to go in the house where I was born. So, but I grew up the same in uh, Julian, we called it the Brown House. In, New, in the Newstead, we called it the Gray House. <laughs> Moved Hockville is the White House. Okay. So, but you know, it's basically still the same for all of us. All right, Wayne, we'll start with you with this next question because my, my, my getting into this, the whole idea of education is what schools did you go to? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we went to Lafayette, or Lafayette, we called it, elementary school in South Christian uh, County. We went there to a school that used to be a school, I don't care if it was a high school or elementary school for the, for the white children. But once they got a new school, we were able to go to that school. So uh, we went there to Lafayette, Lafayette. Then when we moved up here, went to Westside Elementary. From Westside Elementary, they had turned Attics into a middle school. Then where Wanda Street Center is, they had turned uh, Hoptown High into Kaufman. Yep. Went there in middle school. And from there, we were supposed to have went to Hopkinsville High, but they redistricted which put us at Christian County, which was good for us because if you lived in rural South Christian, you would have went to Christian County. So we didn't want to go to Hoptown because all our country friends were at Christian <laughs> yeah, County. Yeah. So when we were able to go there, plus we lived, my grandmother lived across the street from William Byrd Avery. And so they were our friends because we would always come to town and be with them. So 
he stayed at Hoptown, but I was able to go to school with his brother, who was my best friend at the time, Raymond. So we were glad to be around friends. So those are the schools that we went to. It's the right. same. Yeah, you went to same schools. Right, so my, my next question is something, because it is, this is also history on tap, and just as a historical clarification really, when you were going to the segregated schools, what, how did they refer to those? Were they like the colored schools, the Negro schools? Like what was, the, what was the terminology used? Okay, the terminology used was colored. The, well let's say it, and I didn't know this till I got older, it was, it was kindergarten through 12th grade. That was, what Lafayette was. There was no South, there was South, no South, South Christian. Not for us. Not for us. They went to Dirt Avenue after that. That's right. So when they, when they did that, they turned Lafayette into a colored school. It was all white. And then it turned into a colored school. Now if I say color, I mean in black. If I say white, I mean in Caucasian. Because back then, it all had handles and it turned out to be different. And when you're with your family, you would say, well, the color, color over there. And then when you were not with the family and people that was not so kind, they called us niggers. So they would say, that's the nigger school, or addicts is the nigger school, or that's what the school was in Lafayette. They called it the nigger school, the colored school, the other school. Yeah, and, and really as a follow-up with that, how did you feel about the type of school you went to? I mean, even though you were kids, you knew there were two different kinds of schools. There was a school you went to and a school you weren't allowed to go to. Um, how, did, how did you feel about that? Do you want to talk about, you talk about Lafayette, and I, when I talk about Westside? It, it don't matter. Okay, what's your the way, you the way that I feel about that is, is that we didn't know, well, we lived in a community where there were blacks and whites that lived together. Yeah. And got along together. I don't know if any of you know Steve Tribble's wife, Shelly. Yeah. Okay. She grew up on the farm just up the road, really just up the hill from us. And they were like cousins. We still very close to this day. Her mother and father, they were the same way. And even Donald Ray Mock, who lived up, uh, you know, right around the corner, we all grew up like relatives there. So even though we knew and understood we had to go to this separate school, we understood that. But it didn't make, you know, much of a difference because that's what we had to do. So we didn't know any difference. The, the, then I learned the difference, which helped me later on as being a teacher, that we had a music teacher, then she left, we didn't have one. I don't remember a library. Cafeteria was small, but I could get in there. The gym, we had a lot of recess. <laughs> but I remember Mrs. Stewart, that she had three grades she had to teach at one time. That's a Lafayette. At Lafayette, she had three grades, which I think was third, fourth, and fifth, and it didn't matter whether someone came in with no education, she had to get them educated. And I remember her writing something on the board for one group. She already had it on the board for this one group. Then she'll read to this set. This group will take a rest, lay your head down. So then when that time was up, she could rotate and switch. And so by experiencing that, when I became a teacher at LASIK, <laughs> uh, Sandra Livingston, the principal at the time, wanted to put me and tell me, I can't remember what the term was called, but it was where that I'd have students on different levels. And so I was able to teach those children, write lesson plans for all three groups, 
and to where they even achieved so well that I got an award when the other teachers got one when they scored high in the testing. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, so, but that's what the experience was like there for me. Okay. And the difference I didn't, couldn't tell because we were separate. Yeah. We were already separate in life. When so, we were in Lafayette, I noticed that things were going down when we really didn't have the books. We didn't have books, the reading books. It, it was not enough there. We had leftover books, the books that they left. When when South Christian, this you know, they talk about consolidating. When South Christian, they had the new South Christian school, they consolidated all the black kids that had, back in the day, there was a church and a school. Marystown had a church, there was a school. Uh, all of the churches had a school. So now they got, they took all these little schools put them together, send all of them to Lafayette. You got one bus driver, he's driving all of the, Mr. Mayberry, don't ask me how they did it. Mr. Campbell, they and they, they, yeah. he brought the ones from Hawkinsville and, and then all from Marystown, uh, Cox Mill Road, Newstead, PD, all of them going down Lafayette Road, going toward Lafayette, that bus was packed. And then we would get out that bus and go into the school. Now the white people were upset. Now I can understand that this consolidation is like it is now. They did not want to go to that school. They didn't want black people down there at that school and they did not want to go to South Christian. You know, you just didn't want to do it. And plus, you know, the big thing is fear. So when we come down there, there would be ropes hanging in the tree like nooses. You get off the bus and there's ropes hanging in the tree. Uh, they didn't want that. Now, my brother said, Delma told us that he remembered going down there and uh, they would shoot at the bus. Now, can you imagine a mama having to be scared, have to send the kids to school? They got to go to school, but they're shooting at the bus. But we have to get educated, and that's what we did. It was a fearful thing, but one thing I do know, I had all black teachers, I had all black students, and they did not... We didn't have no problem with discipline. I can't remember. Uh-uh. There wasn't no problem with discipline at all. No, ma'am. I don't remember it. If it was, uh, uh, we, they had a paddle. Yes. And you was going to get... you got it again when you got and home. You, if you got home, first you're going to get a paddle in there. And then they're going to call. When you got home and my mother found out that we was bad at school, you're going to get another whipping when you get home. And if it was worse, daddy would get you. Daddy's going to get you too. So now, it's going to be. So we, we didn't have all this. I don't know what, talking back. I wish I What I'd like to share, when I was teaching at Lacey, the guidance counselor asked me, she said, Ms. Shelton, you don't refer a lot of children uh, to be tested for ADHD. I said, I'm sorry. Some of it may be, but some of it's not. You know, some children might be, some of them just need to be told to sit still and don't you move, and I mean it. And I said, and there is no way you could tell my mother that Shirley cannot be still and she need to be on medicine. My mother would look at that tree and say her medicine grows out there. I guarantee you when she get back, she will sit still. So if any child had any disabilities back in the day around there, they, I mean, they adapted, they adjusted because it wasn't accepted. But then, but let me say this real quick. But then when we got to now, you know, I told you the teachers at uh, Lafayette, they ain't putting up with nothing. I mean, you got your mama. Now we at Westside Elementary School. 
They ain't wanting us there at all. My mother got 10 children, and we moved to the middle class people on the west side was middle class white people. When you pass our house, all you're going to see is white people all the way to school. And when you get there, it was different because the discipline was different. But my mother had already said, when you get there, you better not, you better not, you better do, you better this. This is what she said. And they niggered us. They called us nigger. We, we had to walk to school. They niggered us from Jessup from to O'Neill to Kentucky all the way. And my mama said, don't you say nothing back to them. They can do that to you, but you better not say a word. You come home. And she stood out there on that street, did she, Shirley? And watched us every day. She watched us dance, and she watched us come back. But, you know, it sounded like that those times was horrible, but those were some good times, when it? They were. They were. We made them good. You have to make it good. That's what we did. What year was that? Okay. What year was that? That was 1966, 67. In 60, we moved up here in 66. Yeah. And it was just right at time for segregation started, what, 64? 60 was before. 65. They started to integrate. So I don't know if they integrated around about 65 or whatever. As it started to get in this area, we were more up in, what, about 65? Mm -hmm. Yes. About and you know, you know, we left before we had to go to South Christian. Yeah. 65. See, we when we moved up there in '66, so it had to be '65 because we were still at an all-black school. Yeah. It you know before prior to moving to Hopkinsville, so it, it had to be '65. I hated it because we didn't get to go to uh, Sinking Fort. No. Yeah. But our friends did because they had integrated. Well, you can keep because so okay. the, the question. You said something like this too, um, mm -hmm. and and I, I was listening to some books and, and reading, and it sounds like a lot of people who lived through integration, a lot of them will say um, that when they were in their segregated schools, they were happier, mm -hmm. that that they felt safer, mm -hmm. um, that they and even the education they felt. So I, I want to hear from you. Like, is, yeah. was that your experience as well? Did you yes, did you prefer the segregated schools, the integrated school? For the times, mm -hmm. if we stay in the times, yes. Because there was a fear as a seven, eight-year-old child that you will be hung yeah. or you will be murdered on the yeah. way to school yeah. and nobody will find you. So that was a fear you took with you every day, you know. So then, don't forget it was fear everywhere. It was know. there, and so they were fearful. Then, uh -huh. So that experience there is that you were what what I'd like to say at this time if the 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 support we had from the family, from my parents, that made us feel safe, and not only that, made us be proud of who we were, yeah. and not be ashamed of who we were, even if we were called names. And my grandfather was one that always say, you be proud of your name. You be proud of who you are. And I tell my grandchildren, you know, I, and I don't knock anybody for wearing clothes with names with the big of them, but I don't, because my daddy always say, you were your name proud. Yeah. You know, you be proud of your name. Mm -hmm. And when anybody came up to the house, didn't matter, police officers, didn't matter who, I'm Mr. Nance. And he'd have his name on his shirt, he'll pull it out. He didn't say Charles or Bujack. You gonna call me Mr. Nance. He'll pull that shirt around. And my granddaddy was the same way, but we had great support 
We were at a church that was started by our grandfather and cousins and friends in the community. So regardless of what we experienced at school mm-hmm. or in the community there, on Sunday we go to church and there we are surrounded by love. Mm-hmm. Or we can go in our home and in, in our family, we're surrounded by love. So while we're down here trying to integrate and go in the area, we have a first cousin who's working with Dr. Martin Luther King in Louisville trying to get things going up there. Mm-hmm. So it was just the time. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. It's but the time. I don't yeah. Okay. You can come up here too. You can come up. We got more chairs. Here, I sit here. Yeah, come, come up here, right I, I want to say this from the experience of uh, being educated in a black school with just black teachers. I didn't go when I went. She to, never went to a white uh, elementary she never school. She I, didn't I didn't. I went to, when I went to community college. It was like a cultural shock, but then. Uh, I graduated from Addicts in 64, but what I wanted to say when he asked about how you feel about your education, I felt like I got a top yeah. education from my school, from Addicts and, and the school. Because uh, those teachers, we, 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 were, we, we were taught a lot of things. We were taught uh, a lot of uh, appreciation for uh, the arts and, and, you know, we read a lot, so I felt like cause I, I, was, I was an educator for 33 years here in the Christian County system. But I and my children graduated from, you know, from here. So what I'm trying to say is I felt like I got a better education. I do, I do. Because I don't, you know, I don't feel like the children are taught appreciation of you know, things that they should know. They don't know general things that I was taught. I don't feel like they, they're taught. I know they taught to read. They don't even do cursing writing anymore. <laughs> no, that bothers me. <laughs> they don't teach them to write cursing. You know, so I feel like I got a better education. I mean, I know they know general things. They probably know all this com- computer stuff, but I don't feel like they got the quality education to appreciate the you know, uh, Shakespeare and all of them, they don't probably know who Shakespeare is. So, you know, but I, I read it and, you know, I just, I think I got a bad education back then. But I, I teachers didn't play. I, I mean, Miss Qualls, those teachers and my principal, we just had a lot of respect for the, I did, for those teachers. And I, I felt like I really got a good education. And then it was different when I went to, community college. I didn't have any experiences like, I guess I was quiet anyway, so it didn't bother me if they didn't talk to me. <laughs> I had a few people who were real nice to me when I went to community college, but uh, I didn't I didn't experience the things that they did well, at, at their school. Real quick, real quick, let me say this. Um, we were taught in, in the white schools that we can't learn. They would tell us that yeah, you can't learn, you you can't be, you won't be good enough, you you are not going to be as good as this person, you know, to sit next to me and it's white, but you can do this, you can dummy yourself down and maybe you can be a server, maybe you can go over there and do that, but you cannot learn this, you, you're not smart enough. Okay, so now I'm looking at Tarzan. And he's he's up. He's flying through this. He's flying in Africa through the tree. Okay, so all right. I'm looking at 
Tarzan, and I'm looking at Jane. This is Tarzan and Jane. How many people know about Tarzan and Jane? <laughs> they white couple, and they flying through the trees in Africa, right? Can you imagine what that looked like? So I'm saying, how did they, and then the people that surround them, they is, I'm watching TV now on the big show. How many people remember the big show come on at 5 o'clock? Then it's Channel 5 News. Y'all remember that? Growing up on the west side? Okay. All right, you don't know. Okay. Channel 5 showing Tarzan, he flying through the trees in Africa, and the, and the, and the, and the people, the natives, is running around going, hoo, 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 they can't talk. But they black like me, and I'm watching black and white TV, everything black and white. But I know that my people is black, and they can't talk. And, and then the teacher done told me I can't learn. So I'm thinking, good Lord, I come from them people? And that's why I ain't gonna never be, a, I'm a child. And I'm saying, this is where I come from, and I can't learn. Do you hear me now? Yeah. But when James Brown stepped on the scene, come on, I was gonna say And when James Brown said, Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Just listen to me. When Jane Brown said that, I said, what? Tarzan is in the act. He's running around there in the act. They pull the boot. Jane Brown told me I never said loud. Yeah. Then I'm black and I'm proud. Yeah. Okay. So that's what it was. I'm trying to be black and proud at West Side School and all the white people walking around you. They got on their good shoes and stuff, but we doing the best we can, ain't we, Charlotte? We trying to go to KCO. We can't afford them clothes down there at KCO. And Dollar Brothers, Sam Brothers, how many Dollar Brothers people? Dollar Brothers, KCO, Wins, all of them. We can't buy them shoes. We go over here to work. We go to Sam Bond right here on Jimmy Street. This whole street. This whole street ain't nothing but black bars, black clubs, black everything. And beauticians. Beauticians. She was right there. Uh, camp stand. Uh, restaurant. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness, y'all. This doctor's Dr. office, this whole strip and, from and here. Dr. Brooks' brother had a, a, a drug, drug store. store. A drug store. A hospital was black. Everything on this street coming down Virginia Street all the way down. You turn on 6th Street was nothing but black owned everything. Or Jewish. Or Jewish. And we felt good on Saturdays. Now we now we done grew up now. We, we teenagers. We, we want to go. We want to look good. We done went down there to Sam Bonds and give up. What do you call that place? Uh, Kato's. We went to Kato's and got our little three dollars. We done worked for three dollars. We done babysit for my sister. Well, all we made was three dollars that whole week. But we can take that three dollars and go down to P and Hearst and Crestes and put them clothes on the layaway, uh, put a dollar down, and uh, then we can go. Then we can then we can walk down. Look, then we can walk down Virginia Street and, and uh, ride. Now they gonna let us go. Mother was let us. Mother, I'm talking about we walking down town. The yellow people did. They could do more than. But I church family couldn't do that. They might have slipped down there. I live in the country. So we I did. Could, you could do it. We walked. We walked down there with our little have our little hot pants on and Jane Brown the coach to say it Now we got black you look, the down here, what was that club, Charlie? The uh on Second Street, uh Aaron McNeil, Martin Pepper Center. Miss Alice Torres. Miss Alice Torres. How many know Miss Torres? Charles Torres? All of them? Linda Torres, Alisa Pearson, who was the president of the college, 
her grandmama was a was a director of the multipurpose center and she would rent that out to organizations and then they would have little socials after after school 35 cents to get in. I done got my hot pants. Jay Brandon said, say it loud. I got my hot pants on. And I got down there. We done paid 35 cents. And we done got down there. We didn't have no babysitter for my sister, Sweet P. or Wayne. So we wind up taking them with us. And we took them with us because we need them. was married and gone on. She ain't in the scene. But we did that and we got down there. And we were so happy that somebody said, look out, my daddy's name Boojack. Look out there, y'all. It looked like Boojack. His truck is out there. He done cleaned out the hay and everything. He finna come and get y'all. I was so impressed. I tried to run. I had to take Sweepy. I had to take Wayne. We had to hide. My daddy came in, stood at the front of the door, teenagers everywhere, and said, Paulette, Shirley. Where y'all at? Trying to listen to the beat. With that, you have pictures you brought. Oh, yeah, I brought these pictures. But, okay, let me say this real quick, and I know because Charlotte got a whole lot. <laughs> but, but, but the people we live near, they were the best people. The people, the white people we live like near. Frankie Williams, Williams, Williams. Frankie Williams. How uh, many people know Hot Frankie Williams, Mr. Pee Wee Williams? They were uh, it's like this. The Humphreys, the Humphreys, 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 uh, Humphreys, 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 wouldn't have done it without 4 H. 4 H is not the best place because there were some white people in there that didn't care to us when we were there. If we walked in, a whole group of white people, here we come. Variety show. But they uh, had to acknowledge but they did. that time. We yes. wrote, we wrote uh, for that, they would always have variety show. Well, it was scary time. So we were, how was that, about 8, eight and 10. 10. ten. Uh-huh. Francis Dunbar. Francis Torrance. She was the same age I was. Maybe we probably got a little older. Maybe mm-hmm. you're 12 and I'm 10. Mm-hmm. But we wrote our own skit. We made our own costumes. Yes. And we practiced it and practiced mm-hmm. and we won. Mm-hmm. Bernal Larkin. The championship. Dr. Larkin. Dr. Larkin was our. So we had to go to living She did that. She but was we did us. that. Mm-hmm. But what, what I want to say too about the influences, that's yep. kind of what you, you mm-hmm. were trying to ask. Yes if there was any difference and any better. The best part about being at the black school is is that they told you where you could go in the future. They told you what you could do and showed you evidence of it by the people that they knew that had made it. When I got to the integrated school, I wasn't told that. Even though my grades, and I, I was shocked when I saw my records, they threw them away, the kids brought them to the house. <laughs> Later on, they threw them in the dumpster, the kids said, we see your pictures and all this. My grades were great, but I was not encouraged to be a teacher like I became, or to even, I know I wanted to work in the bank, and I 
was telling that to the guidance counselor and she said, well, you know, you probably won't be able to do that. You'll probably have to be, you, got a small you know, brain, you'll you know, have to be in housekeeping. You might be able to do that. But never was encouraged to be any different or better, nor did you have any books to show any different. We had Alice and Jerry. And Alice and Jerry. And, and we didn't have, we had Alice and Jerry. We didn't have any pictures to show us anything. But like she said, when James Brown came on the scene, he could speak to us, him and George Clinton, and some of the others in a secret way for no one to know that they were encouraging us. Because James Brown was saying, I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Just open up, Just the, open door. up the door. I and I get it myself. But he's saying, don't give me nothing. Give me the opportunity to get in there. So I can work and get it for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, so many of the songs we heard empowered us yes. and made us feel good about who we were as a people. But we also had very strong yeah. uh, uh, aunts, uncles, oh, grandparents. Yeah. We they had wanted those. Us to they wanted us to succeed. And even the people in the community, I remember playing in the back, you walk past Mr. Jim Martin. You stay in school, you go to school, you get that education. All the older people on the west side, older black people tell you, stay in school, they did, get your they education, because they don't give it. up. And they will say, that's what you need, it's going to be your ticket to where they didn't get the opportunity. Yeah. My dad said often, he only had a third grade education, not because he couldn't, he didn't want to go to school, and his family hid it, and he didn't have to go. But he didn't, but then later he wanted to. But because of that strength and that mindset that he could and which he instilled in us with our parents, yeah. every job my father had, he was in the manager position. Yeah. From Pepsi-Cola to oil supply, he was always a manager. He always was over and others was in the building. He always did because he could do his job and he could do it well, but would not have had the opportunity yes. because he was black. Yeah. That he couldn't get that. So that was what we saw a lot is because of my color, I didn't get offered to this, didn't get that. Even being friends with the family, being friends with uh, Steve Trevor White Shelley's dad, Mr. Charlie Irwin, who pushed and encouraged because he was a professor, professor over at community college. And that's what he would instill in us, you know, get this or go this route and you can get that and, you know, go to college, but it was others. But during that time, the thing I never understood was why was I hated because my skin. I never understood, still don't, to this day. I do not understand. I would like to know the answer. I don't even know if anybody has it. But I, I never understood why that much hatred for children, old people, babies could come out just because my skin is dark. I have two eyes, two legs. I made the same, but I never understood that. Still don't. But I tell you this real quick. This is what I, my aha moment, and this this happened like five years ago, when they said that the lady stood at NASA and wrote the script for the for the program so that they could land. I said what. And this woman stood there in high heel shoes, and she did not have a ooga booga like Tarzan and the apes. She stood there and wrote out the script for that that uh, 
that uh, spacecraft to land. Do you hear what I'm saying? That oh, I was like, what? The things they've been seeing. My brain is not warped because see, we didn't know, we didn't know all that. Because see, when I got to Hopkinsville, I was two, three years behind my grade. That's how bad Lafayette was down there. They could barely teach, do what they could, but I couldn't see. Nobody didn't know I was blind. Don't you know when I got my glasses when I got up here? It looked like the world opened up. I thought that was the way we're supposed to look all the time. When I look, it looks like fog. And then when they put these glasses on, I said, what is that? <laughs> oh, my God. And I could see. And but then the lady said, Miss Jocelyn, bless her heart. Y'all know Miss Jocelyn? Yeah. Yeah. Miss Jocelyn. Miss Jocelyn. Miss Jocelyn did all she could to push me up to the grade that I'm supposed to be at. But I couldn't do it. I just was not, I didn't know enough. But you got people like that. That's a white woman that didn't even see color. She saw me as a person that can learn. And that's what, that's what, it, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. I do want to see the, the pictures you brought. Because okay. I, you, brought, you brought these pictures on these boards. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I can hold them while you talk about them. Okay, Sam, I want you to talk about, and we talk about the stuff. Tell you what, actually, you talk about, I'm going to walk around with them. Okay. Okay, okay. You, see, okay. You, see what, you see what's on this one? Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. This is me. If you can believe, that's me. <laughs> right. here. Remember, I'll be seven to eight next week, so there you go. That's me. Tell them who they are. Yeah, then I'm going to walk around so oh, okay. I'm going to look close while you talk to me. Okay, this is me. This is. Catch me too. That's Emma. Emma. She's the one who had the restaurant. Yeah, my sister, she died last year. That's my mother. That's my baby sister. Sweet, we call her Sweet Pea. She was a sister. She was the assistant principal at Fort Barkley at Fort Campbell schools. Now she's a guidance counselor at some school in Fort Campbell. That's my brother Charles. He played uh, college basketball, and then he played semi-pro basketball. And he's a he was a policeman. He retired as a policeman in Louisville. And now he has his own security uh, company. He's in Louisville, that's Charles Lance. I don't know if you've heard of him. And then that's my sister. Uh, that's Beaky. Yeah, sure. that's, that's Beaky. I'm tall with you. I'm not Beaky. That's my sister Beaky. She died this last January. Her name was Zephyr. That's my sister Zephyr. She died in January, this past January. That's my sister. She, yeah, she was a beautician. She died, uh, retired from Penarau Center. That's Shirley, my sister Shirley right there, that's she's a teacher. And that's my daddy, Blue Jack, Charles Lance, and that's Paulette with the hair. <laughs> okay. And then that's us. Okay, here we are down here. Now this day, that's the one I'm not on. That picture, my brother, my twin brother is missing because I think that was his first night of and his Thomas, job. He and worked Thomas in the other one. He retired seven five years, but that night was his first night on the job. And I think we won that. You we won this picture. Looking, the other brother hit shot himself in the leg. Yeah, he was there, but we won this. So the photographer was going to come that night because we had won this. But they had a picture made. Okay, then. Down here, several years later, that's when I was in community college, and I had to take this. It might have been when I had paid for this test, and maybe take my civil service test. Anyway, I had paid for this exam, and I had to take it. They had scheduled this, 
but I couldn't be there. So I'm not on this picture at all. And hold on. Okay. That's, that's Sweet Pea. Yeah. We, now we in Hopkinsville. Yeah, okay. We were down in the. Uh, I guess we moving on. We, we moving from, <laughs> from Newstead. From Newstead Country Bar Store area. Yeah. And now we are in Hopkinsville at 504 West 2nd Street. And we're in town with the yeah. people. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> okay, so this Sweet Pea, uh, we call her Sweet Pea. There's Shirley. She's pregnant, but she doesn't have married. She's pregnant with Tricia. There is Binky, and she she just died in this past January. That's Delma. He, that's the twin to Thelma. That's me doing the Parliament Jane Brown era. You know, I told you I, that my blackness is proud, so now I got my afro. I'm, I'm doing that. Ain't nobody else trying to do it with me. And then there's Emma, and she's the one that had the restaurant and uh, did that. Okay. Wait, while I walk around with this, um, we'll come. You want to do it? Okay. This is the same thing. It's the same thing. But my mother had ten children. She had t uh, eight brothers and sisters, and this is all of our cousins. Now this is, they're in Louisville, but these are all our cousins here. So this is my mama, and that's her sister, Earlene. And these are all of the children that would come home on Mother's Day to Hopkinsville, and we would have a good time. Then later, my grandmother, we would go to Louisville, Kentucky on Mother's Day and be there with them. This is Thelma's uh, class reunion addicts. That's me. I graduated in the year of 64. And that was one of my years. This is one of her years. And when I got there, let me tell y'all, at this graduation for addicts, all of these people were doctors, lawyers. Um, um, they, they was professors. Every, yeah, go ahead. All the people that came out of my sister's class at addicts high school, they were what? Doctors. We had doctors. Doctor, uh, not just yeah, one. We had doctors and we had chemists because uh, yeah. one of them was a chemist in Texas. Oh, we had, I mean, really professional. There were 100, 106 of us that graduated that year. But the, I mean, a lot of, a lot of professional people. Come out of all black schools, see? Sure it was did. all black. Yes. And they were when I got there and I said, all these people came out of here? Yes. Was doctors and lawyers and yes. all of that going on. That was class of 64, 64, class of 64 at Addicts. Yeah. But I tell you, growing up in Hopkinsville on the west side, being able to walk downtown and come down here to all the blackness on this street and buy, uh, you know, go to the, go down to Cresses and all them things and be able to just be here on Saturday, we can walk and you can stay downtown all day. Right now, you can walk downtown and be done in what, 10 minutes? But back then, you could go down here and stay all day long. It was something to do all day. And the people, you know, they, they say, here they come. They knew, get this, Shirley. They, they knew when all the little black kids come in there, they go. Especially Triangle 5 and 10. Y'all remember, y'all know Triangle 5 and 10? There was a lady that walked with a limp in there. Do y'all remember her? White lady. I'm sorry, but I'm just telling you, she didn't give us a break. Soon as we walk in there, she was like, on us. We couldn't do nothing. And you know what? If any of them had a came back and told my mother that we did anything in that store, my mother lived by the tree. And she would take out the switch and whoop us, and we didn't have no problem. 
with going to the store for white people. We would go to the store for little white women, and they'd give us a dime. They'd give us a quarter. One woman gave me some. I done went to Frank's store and then walked and then got her groceries and walked all the way back. Wait a minute, Paula. You have to share that. Now we're liked and trusted. Okay? Yeah, we trusted and liked. My mother was loving and everybody trusted her. Now the older white people and black in the community will call and say, Sarah, can one of the can kids, one of the kids go come? to the grocery store for me? So now they trust us with the money and we can go to the store. We make our extra money that way. And poses. So, How many people remember what poses Poses was? So that's what she said. Well, wait, now, now I'm going to the grocery store for this woman. I done packed two bags of grocery. Now, there's not plastic bags. These are paper bags now. We got a plastic bag. I done packed two bags of groceries up the hill on Cleveland to this woman's house. Then put them on the table and she gave me two chicken feet. And she gave me some bacon rinds. You know how you eat the rinds of the bacon? And you can still see the teeth marks in it? She done wrapped them up in rubber band. And she done put them in aluminum foil. And she done gave me three or two chicken feet. And then this is what, look, because mother done said. Mother said, whatever they give you, you said thank you and come home. You Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, thank you, come home. Her terminology for that was, you can take the chicken feet and make some dumplings, and you can take the rinds and put it in some beans and make some beans. I'm telling you now, I was so mad. I wanted to really, 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 really. Now, I can't do it around mother, but I wanted to do something bad to that woman. I wanted a can of bacon grease. Yeah, yeah, they doing stuff like that, so I'm just telling y'all. Yeah, it was, but it's still good time. Poses was poses. Let us have a charge. Nice. We had. Um, that was sixty-eight. Uh, six cookie had died. Sixty-eight. So they had to be about sixty-nine. Going up to seventy. Uh -huh. Yeah, because cookie was dead. Well, so um, I only have one more question before I ask that one. Does anybody else here have any other questions? Because I like when you guys are asking, like you know, asking for years and stuff. But yeah, what a question. Okay, so when did you all go to? Well, I know county was, okay. and okay. evidently mm -hmm. uh, Hoptown, because my brother, the one that got killed, he went to county. Mm -hmm. When the, the older used to be the middle school, that was the high school. And so Bird Avery, who is his age, he went to Hopkins, wherever Hopkins was, which I think was Kaufman at the time, you know, where Water Street Center. So I would say, because when we moved up here, my brother had to go to Christian County High. So that was in 66 when we moved up here. And Mother then moved us before school started. But Jane, Jane Richard Rasco was the first black boy to go to Christian County High school. So I remember that. And he came off of 65. 65. He came off of Princeton Road, seeking for uh South Christian area. Seeking fourth area. That's where he came from. Oh, they had an option. See, he, they had an option to he they at that I think 
65 you had an option you know if you didn't want to just go they knew they're going to be it was going to be integrated but you had an option to go that year okay. and the next year was yes. mandatory because uh that's the ones the, the black kids went, on the west side could still go to booker t yeah, yeah. they went to booker t we were the only one at west side okay. you know my sisters now we were the only yeah. three there okay yeah anybody else because again i want i want it to be where you guys can, can yeah I want to know how your dad got the name Blue Jack. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I know. Two stories. Okay. Hey, this is what I know. As a little boy, my daddy had uncles, and they all worked on the farm. And my daddy was a little boy, and he had these uncles. And they always wore boots. And what he used to do is when they get off from work, he'd run around as a little boy. He would go, and they sit down, and he would sit there and pull them boots off of the, off of their feet. He would do it real fast. He do it real fast so he could jack them off real, real fast. But that's what they called him was boot. He was the boots and he could jack it off. But there's a thing about this though. If you read in the encyclopedia, if you look it up, a boot jack is a is an instrument that you put down in the boots. And, yes, it is. And you, and you pull it out. So I don't think they knew that. But I don't, they might have knew it. But that's what they call my daddy, Boot Jack, because he could take those boots off of, uh, of his uncles then after they got off the field. All right. yeah. any, any other questions for him? Because I, I just have one more question, and, and we're about out of time anyways, right? So, because, uh -huh. so my last yeah, question. I mean, ask, okay. ask any, any yeah. question. I mean, if, and you guys are leaving right away, too. If somebody wants to say, I want to ask it, not, I don't want anybody to hear me ask okay. this question. Okay. I understand that. Because my last one I have, because I want to give honor you guys this time as well, mm -hmm. um, was just for any, actually all three of you. If you could go back in time and be able to speak to the adults in that time, knowing what you know now, having lived what you live now, um, is there anything that you wish that you could have said to the white people back then or the black people, just anybody back then, or the adults as you were going through these difficult times and, and dealing with the things they were telling you and how you were feeling about yourself, what would you, what would you have to say to those adults back then if you could? I don't know. I, I, don't I would say, don't be afraid of me. I'm all right. I just want to have the opportunity because I got a whole lot of things that I want to do, but I got a whole lot of people saying that I can't. And it's horrible when you got that. They said, you want to do it, but you can't do it. You want to move there, you can't move there. You want to have this place, but you can't do it. Can you imagine having all of this? You got it in your head and you want to go do it. Because my grandfather walked from Gracie to Hopkinsville, and when he was in his 70s, he walked from the west side to Kentucky, New Hampshire. He told him, he said, I got a story to tell. He said, what are you, what are you talking about? What, what did you do? They looked at him like he was crazy. But my granddaddy sat down and told them that story, and they were amazed. It was in the new era. It was in the new era, and he sat there and told that story. So if I had, if you give me the opportunity. Like Jane Brown said, I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Just open up the door, opportunity, opportunity opportunity and I'll get it myself. I don't have to, you don't have to do nothing else. Just let me do it and tell me that I can and let me be free. What, what about you two? Well, I, I, when I was uh, 12 years old, I started to work. When we lived off Julian Road, we lived on uh, the, uh, Mr. Irwin's farm and I started to help Mrs. Irwin at the house. And that she was the nicest person to me. I, I cry when I talk about it. Because uh, I'll tell you this thing. That's Shelly. 
That's Shelly Tribble's mug. We lived on their farm. Let me tell you this little story real quick. She, she had been sick. I don't know how old I was, and she had, had pneumonia. So I was, she, she said, Thelma, you're going to have to cook dinner for me. Okay. So she had roast. We, we pork, we had no beef. I, ain't, I never cooked no roast. And then <laughs> well, I, look, I looked it up, and then I, I fixed the roast, and then I, I made a pie. I looked at the recipe and I made the pie. Because I used to cook it, but I hadn't cooked like that. That's how I'm the hog cooking. Anyway, when they got ready to eat, and I'm walking, standing around at the stove because I never sat at a table with white people that eat. You know, they either ate before you or you ate outside. And I was just standing at the stove and she said, Devil, what are you doing? Come on, sit down. She said, come on over here and sit down. And I, I sat down at the table with them. They, they treated me. Like, like I was somebody. And they, Mrs. Irwin encouraged me when, she, when I would say, oh, you can do it. I said, Mrs. Irwin, I don't know. Oh, go on, you can do it. And that, she always gave me the encouragement to do that, to go on. Yeah. And that's how I've, I've always felt for it. I can just go on and do it. You know, she said, you can do it. And I went on and did it, and I did it. Oh, let me say it. Mary Snorton. <coughs> Y'all know Mary Snorton. Yeah. She the one that made me what I am right to this day, and I tell you, this is that is that's it. Mm -hmm. Yes, But from what would I say to yeah. someone now, the people from then? I would say that we are the same. I'm no different. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm better or anything, but I wanted to say this too so it won't sound like we bashing the people from back in the day. Those were the times and the way that the times were. Mm -hmm. And so that was the way the people were back then. Yeah. And not everybody, not everybody was, not all white people was like that. It was, a, it was some that may have been afraid of the changes and not understanding. Yeah who we were as a race of people, or, or what media or anything else from Tarzan showed that we just savage, mm -hmm. or what we could do or possibly can do to you. Yes. But my grandmother always said, Shannon, there's white folks and there's white people. Mm -hmm. She said, now white people, they just like you, treat you like you. But white folks, they don't like you, they don't want you around, and they ain't gonna never treat you like one of them. So, and I would say that's the same with any people. I would just say that we're all one. We all worship the same God. When you look out at, at Cape Spring, when you look out at Riverside, you don't know the color of the people there. And I always said I was gonna write a book. If fish can do it, People can too. <laughs> you know, it's all kind of different fish in the ocean. You don't see one button one out going this way, or you don't see them grouping all the way over here and don't want this group over here. You don't see that in the ocean. But we have more knowledge than fish. But if fish can do it, <laughs> we can too. I would just say that I'm just like you. We're all brothers and sisters, and we need to be working together 
to make the communities, if we start with our home, our community, then we can make our county, our state keep on going to pretty soon our country and then it'll touch the world. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's exactly Let what I'm saying. Let me say this real quick. Yeah. One thing that I told Jack when Jack Glazier came, I said, Jack, nobody ever asked us. They never really heard my story. No one ever asked me to talk about it. You know, we yeah. just go on our way. No one ever asked me. Yeah. Well, we can't be stuck here, y'all. Isaiah, in Isaiah, in the Bible says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it's bringing up? Some new stuff is coming. We just got to let this down and find our new. We got some new coming, don't we? We got some new, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We got new, right? Yeah, there's a reason. Yeah, we got new. Thank you. You're welcome. For, for coming up here. I didn't and, know. And I was And thank you guys for coming out. And, and again, that, the, my heart, our desire of this really is to have us have more conversations. Um, you three are not the only ones in town who live through that. Um, you might be the only ones up here talking about it right now, but there are plenty of other people in town. And I would encourage you that if you know anybody from that generation to lovingly, considerately, like, try and have these conversations. Because this is our history. This is our culture. This is our, our heritage. And the more we talk about it, the more we can know it for ourselves instead of, like you said, instead of having somebody on the TV telling us what we think about each yeah, other, yeah. how about we go ahead and get to know each other for yeah, ourselves? Yeah. Um, I, I love being a part of Hopkinsville and being able to be a part of the community here. And there are so many wonderful, amazing people, and they all have stories, yeah. so many stories to hear. Yeah. And I just want to encourage you to just talk to people around you and hear their stories. Listen to them and then share your story, too. Yeah. I know you guys all have them as well. Um, so thank you again for coming out. Thank you, Alyssa, for letting us do this. Thank you. And hopefully we can do it again soon. are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of any institution, organization, or corporation. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. All persons who participated did so of their own free will and speak for themselves only regardless of any personal affiliations they may possess. This podcast has been a production of Salt Light Love Ministries. All rights reserved.